0: what's up guys and welcome to episode 31 of the yard podcast i'm your host randy and i'm your host conan and we are here on what is this like week four of the off season it's already going by so fast um i mean i'm very glad it's going by fast it feels like it's a very different off season than usual like usually i feel like we're stressed out like pissed off wanting season to come back. Cause like we're dealing with that pain. And this time it's more like, I'm just excited for it to come back cause of how much fun it was watching them win. Um, but man, I just, I need this, I need this off season to speed it up because this is, this is rough. We need, we need something. And uh, we need baseball back already. At least I do.
1: You got a long way to go.
0: I know it should hopefully go by quickly. If uh, people can learn to stay in their houses, maybe we could attend spring training, but we'll have to see how that goes. Not going to get my hopes up just yet. Um, With that said though, we appreciate you guys. As always, we see everyone still tuning in in the off season. Haven't really lost many listeners. So we appreciate you guys very, very much. Uh, Please don't forget to leave a rating and review, share the podcast with your friends, feel free to ask us questions on social because not much going on in the baseball world. I mean, there's some but if you guys want to give us some stuff to talk about we would appreciate it make sure to follow us on social at Dodger yard on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube pretty much everywhere and then you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randy underscore Radcliffe.
1: And you can find my personals at Michael Konu, M-Y-K-A-L-K-O-N-U.
0: So... Let's get into this week's episode. Um, over the last week, we've actually had the Dodgers celebrate a few birthdays. I keep meaning to do this in the podcast, but with season happening, so much hap- like was going on that I just kept forgetting. But over the last week, we celebrated a couple of birthdays. We had Rick Monday's birthday, Billie Jean King, and then Justin Turner and Gavin Lux both share a birthday yesterday. So, just for baseball purposes, Justin Turner is now 36, and Gavin Lux is now 23. um, crazy age difference there it's actually kind of funny when you look at it when you look at sports and the huge age difference between elite athletes what they can do even in a 13 year age difference kind of weird never thought of it like that um last Tuesday after we were done recording we found out that Cody Bellinger underwent shoulder surgery to repair his right shoulder that he dislocated when celebrating his home run in game seven with Kike of the NLCS um he's expected to miss 10 weeks which is really no big deal they expect him back in time for spring break spring training and he can swing a bat in about four weeks so good news there um it wasn't his
1: so so it wasn't it was just a shoulder separation there was no tear in the labrum or anything
0: no this was a problem he had i think it was what in 2008 2019 when he dove it and uh against the padres to dive for a ball at first base he just has a dislocation problem i think it's actually like I think it's a fairly common issue people deal with it you're just like unless you're a professional athlete I don't think it's really worth fixing unless it's popping out all the time so he actually posted that same day that he was home like that he was fine and everything was good to go so that seemed like a good sign and it was also his catching arm not his throwing arm which makes me feel a little bit better um so yeah I I don't have any more info but nobody my saw- only
1: concern was we saw what happened to Matt Camp after he had shoulder surgery he just decline super fast so i was kind of worried for cody there
0: yeah no i think this is just a dislocation this is no muscle or anything like that so they they should be um good on that side of things they're also as always Dodgers are always looking to see what they can do not that this is improving the MLB team just yet but on Wednesday Jorge Castillo of the LA Times said that the Dodgers were close to signing 16-year-old catcher Jesus Galiz out of Venezuela so he's pipelines 7th MLB pipelines 7th ranked international prospect and top-ranked catcher um, he will be eligible to sign on January 15th when international signing periods open up. He would actually become the third Venezuelan catcher in the Dodgers farm system with Kyber Ruiz and Diego Cartea. So Venezuela is pumping out these like elite prospect catchers. And I guess the Dodgers are just trying to swoop them all yeah. up. Um, uh,
1: a little, a little about uh, Galiz is, so he's 16, he's already um, six one. He said he models his game after a, uh, Future uh, former countryman of uh, Torres. So, he used to be like a middle infielder, like Torres did, and he's used his athleticism and strong arm and high IQ to be a, a top catching prospect. Uh, his swing is seen as quick, compact, at least to gap power, but has shown homer potential in his future. Now, the Dodgers are the current favorites right now, but it used to be the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, he hasn't signed yet. He's not eligible until January. Still a little, little bit of time left, but I wouldn't be surprised to see if he changed his mind again, honestly. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to actually play with Glabor but Glabor does play for the Yankees, and the Yankees were one of the favorites. So I can see him changing his mind again. Let's hope not. And even if the Dodgers do sign him, uh, what does that mean for Kyber Ruiz? They have so many catchers. As you know, they just drafted one in Carson Taylor as well. So doesn't that likely mean like Ruiz has to be traded, or should, or do they just wait to see what happens?
0: um I would I I kind of almost feel like Ruiz is going to be traded anyways um I I don't know I obviously don't have any insider I just kind of feel like with as much as we've heard about that they seem kind of set on Will Smith we don't know what's going on with Austin Barnes clearly the pitchers like Austin Barnes um we kind of I feel I want to say I talked about this i might not have or wrote about it oh no i wrote about it in an article that'll be coming out uh in a couple weeks about will smith not in a couple weeks december 1st anyways um i don't know what the deal is with will smith but his pitch calling doesn't seem to work for a lot of the pitchers um we saw it with bueller bueller kind of made a comment in the playoffs when he was like barnes helped me get out of that big jam that was going on we know kershaw prefers barnes uh So unless they're deciding that they're not a fan of how Will Smith is calling the games, I kind of feel like Ruiz is the one who has to be traded because he's kind of ready to go. Cartea is not anywhere near ready to go. So them trading him, isn't going to actually help with the, with them having so many catchers right now. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I I kind of feel like Ruiz is going to be traded. I'm, like I said I kind of felt the same way with you about Lux like at this point he's been in the system long enough it almost seems like he's proved himself at a minor league level if we're not going to give him the chance at the big leagues then trade him and get us a player who we are going to use or is at least going to get a chance in the organization at some point not just sit around and kind of hoard all of these catching prospects in my opinion
1: yeah I I think he's going to be traded to you it's going to be interesting to see where that is. Uh, will it be for Arenado, Snail? Who
0: knows? Yeah, who knows? We'll talk a little bit about that Arenado in just like 10 seconds. Um, really quickly, one thing I wanted to go over with the Dodgers did last week. Um, on Thursday, the Dodgers held their 16th annual Turkey Drive giveaway at Dodger Stadium. They've been doing that obviously for 16 years now. Uh, with the Dodgers Foundation and Smart and Final, they were able to distribute 1,500 holiday meals for families in needs in need so good job on the Dodgers for that keep doing it um right now we're just in a tough place and I know LA is not doing well with COVID Southern California in general so keep it up Dodgers keep doing the good work and God knows there's a lot of people out there unfortunately who need it because we're not getting help from where we probably should but uh anyways back to Nolan Arenado um The Dodgers are apparently showing interest once again in Nolan Arenado, according to John Morosi of MLB Network. Uh, Things get a little interesting there because his contract has always been a little weird the way the Rockies set it up. He's also getting paid an insane amount of money, probably a little bit more than he should. Maybe you could argue, depends on who you are. Uh, However, he has an opt-out after 2021 and he will be a free agent in 2027. There are rumors that the Dodgers... Would want him to waive his opt out, and that he would possibly be willing to waive his opt out if he was traded, because he did grow up in Southern California. He grew up in Orange County, went to uh, high school, grew up a Dodger fan. So I think there isn't much doubt that this is where he wants to be, because I believe he has a no trade, uh, no trade clause in his contract. So. I would not be surprised and some of the names mentioned in trades these are not trade pieces because I've noticed on social media everyone seems to think that like the Dodgers are going to trade all these people that is not the case that doesn't even mean any of these guys are going to be traded their names are just brought up but it's Gavin Lux, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, Bruce Dar Gratterall and Mitchell White are all names that have been brought up in regards to Nolan Arenado um would you I'm make sure. the White seems
1: really out of place there
0: yeah, it does when you look at all the other guys. <laughs> yeah, all top prospects at some point. And then you got Mitchell White. <laughs>
1: um, I guess, I mean, it depends on the package. If it's all those people, probably not, obviously. Um, if it's just like a mixture of some, yeah. I mean, I think I'd make this trade and not hesitate about it. Um, of course, there are questions. Is he good hitting outside of course? But I feel like that's a question for everyone who plays. Uh, for the Rockies, And if he comes here, I I have faith in our hitting coaches and their ability to get players to either hit better or suddenly change something about their, either their approach or their swing. So I really wouldn't be too worried about him at all. Also, he's probably the second best defensive third baseman in all of baseball behind um, his former high school teammate in Matt Chapman.
0: So there's something I want to touch on, and I'm not using this as an arguing point for myself. I'm using it because it's interesting, and I've looked into it, and I hear a lot of fans talk about it. There's a lot of people that are worried about the Coors Field thing. Can Arenado hit outside of Coors Field? Well, someone did a deep dive into his numbers. It was about two years ago, so I don't know where he sits now. Granted, it's only 60 games this season. Nolan Arenado's numbers are weird. The issue isn't his road splits. The issue is where he plays a majority of his road games. When you look at his road splits, he's not struggling on the road. He's struggling at Dodger Stadium, San Diego at uh, Petco Park, and at Oracle Oracle Park. These are the places where he's struggling. He's struggling at very well-known pitcher parks that are slow. Maybe Dodger Stadium slow, like not as much of a pitcher park anymore. But
1: he's part he, middle of the road now
0: yeah he's not struggling in the nl east he's not struggling in the nl central it's mostly the nl west stadiums he hits well in arizona because arizona's not coors field but it's got some similar uh characteristics in it the way the ball flies but the issue is yes when you're playing a majority of games in the nl west you want him to do well but they're also going to be playing 10 10 10-ish games in colorado every year um I don't see him hitting it in LA as an issue at all. So you have to take that home split out or that road split out right away. And then you have to remember they're playing every other division as well as an AL team every year. So, or an AL division every year. So I don't want to hold on to his splits for too long. Uh, my biggest thing for him is what we have to give up. I kind of like, for me, I think my biggest thing is I just don't want to see Dustin may go anywhere uh outside of that i don't have too many issues i don't have an issue with lux going um i'm not the biggest fan of trading in division though just because i mean granted nolan Arenado could go and kick the rockies ass for the next seven years six years however many seasons it is but it's like are we going to end up trading tony gonsolin or grata gratterall and are they going to be destroying us for the next six five six years however many it is so i don't know the Dodgers have always shown interest in Arenado. Um, I just don't know if that says anything about Turner. If they sign Arenado, and does that say anything about Seeger next year becoming a free agent? If they sign, if they trade for Arenado, because I doubt they're trading for Arenado if he's able to opt out after 2021. So if he's not allowed to opt out after 2021. Are they going to pay Seager? Do they let Seager walk? Are they going to bring Justin Turner back? Justin Turner, apparently his name got brought up is being mentioned around the Blue Jays. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but um, like that, that's what I'm wondering. Someone also mentioned, which I'm not going to hang too much on it. I do find it interesting Someone also mentioned that Justin just changed his uh, profile picture from wearing a Dodger hat to just a picture of him and Courtney, which seems odd that he just did that within the last couple days. But again, I'm not going to read into that too much. Um, It just doesn't seem right for Turner to play anywhere else, in my opinion. But again, I would not be confused as to why if the Dodgers did not want to bring him back if they went that direction
1: um yeah as i've said in the previous podcast i i have no issue with turner walking have the dodgers not won then it'd be more not a pressing need but i want to see him win but since he's already won i am completely fine with him walking away he just turned 36 uh have fun elsewhere uh i understand again we went over this about how he is in the clubhouse and what he does in the community but on on field wise he's rarely on the field and think uh, I'm fine with seeing him walk away and go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, there were quite a few fans that when I posted on Twitter and Instagram, I was asking fans, do you want to let the player walk or re-sign him, all of our free agents? I was surprised that there was a decent amount of people that agreed with you, that they would be fine if they let him walk. They wouldn't mind. They'd rather pay guys like Se- Seager, which again, I don't blame that them at all. Seager has a much longer career ahead of him. I really think Justin it's trainer. because he's
1: 36 and always injured.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a main that he's great. Yeah, I think that's a main reason of it. Um we've seen his defense decline a little bit at third base. Depends, I guess, depends how much you pay attention to metrics like that, but
1: he's it definitely declined, but he came up big in the biggest moments. So, I'll yeah. give him that
0: yeah like he's the th- that's the thing with him like it's declined but he still has the capability to make plays he's just not making them as frequently as he had in the past but he's still making them his IQ is insane which helps him make those plays that I a lot of guys might not make but again it's about the future of the team if they do sign him I do not see it being any longer than two years um I just don't know what's going to happen. I would imagine he doesn't want to go anywhere else. This is, I mean, born and raised in Southern California played. I mean, basically he's been with the Dodgers his entire like big league career. When you look at where he was and how much he actually played for the other teams. But, um, the Aronado thing's interesting. I've always been a big fan of him. I love watching him play. Um, I wouldn't mind not having to face him for the rest of his career. Um, basically my biggest thing is i just i i don't want to see dustin may get traded i think is where i kind of sit the most right now
1: that's fair um i i like dustin may but i i'm not i wouldn't be sad if he's gone either um i'm a big prospect guy but at the same time now that they've won it's like okay i want to keep winning that was fun so and no shot at Dustin May. I think he's going to be great. But if he's going to be the key piece to get Aaron out of, then I have no issue, especially with so many pitchers coming up. I think I'll be fine letting him
0: go. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't like be sad or anything. I just, I think I like the way that May plays the game, like with the uh, the adrenaline and how much like energy he shows when he's hyped up and stuff like that. But yeah, I- Bobby Miller got you. Yeah, now that, well, now that it's like, like you said, now that we've won, now that we've got Mookie Betts, like I just, we've got Walker Bueller, like I know the guys that I really enjoy watching play and the guys that I want on this team, but like, I still want to compete and I want to keep going. So I don't know what the Dodgers will do it. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't end up. I also wouldn't be surprised if he does. I think it was Jim Bowden who I don't really care to listen to. Cause he makes some pretty wild claims when he makes his claims, but uh, he
1: might be worse than Bob. Let's be yeah, honest.
0: He said that he has no doubts that Arenado will be a Dodger by Christmas. But again, I don't trust much of anything. If Arenado's is a
1: Dodger by my birthday. That'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah. If, if, if he is I mean that's great I would love to see him in Dodger blue if he's not I also don't think that means that there's no deal that's going to happen uh if anything my biggest thing is extend Corey Seager and don't let Nolan Arenado stop that from happening um money wise it shouldn't be an issue Kershaw and Jansen they've got 50 million alone between the two of them next year obviously I think Kershaw will return I do not think Jansen will be back after 2021 um But I only see Kershaw coming back on short deals. And I also don't think Kershaw is going to be the guy that's like, get me the most money you can. He's going to want to be on a team that's going to compete um, and do his thing unless, hey, he's won his ring now, unless he wants to go home and play for the Rangers and leave and or decide to retire. He said a couple of years ago that once he wins, he might end up retiring. I think a lot of players say that and then they don't actually want to stop. So I don't think Kershaw's going anywhere anytime soon, but there is money coming off the books. They they have the money to do it.
1: If Kershaw does decide he wants to just go home and play for the Rangers, I would not be upset at that. Um, Thank you for everything and have fun in your uh, farewell tour at home. Sounds good. Yeah,
0: I think, I don't think anyone could get, I don't think anyone should or could get mad at him. I think it would suck because it's like, he's one of those guys that he came up his entire career he's one of the best, like one of the best pitchers of all time. And he's worn a Dodger uniform. So for me, it would be more of a sadness. I would not be mad at him. I would not feel like he betrayed us. I would not feel like he owed us anything. I would just be sad that he is now gone and no longer in our system um, because he's been there forever. So I don't, I don't see him going anywhere though, but again, family trumps all as it should so he's going to do what's best for him and his family and his little ones who are almost old enough to start going to school full-time so um yeah whatever he does it'll be best for him but I don't I don't believe the whole notion that they don't have the money to pay Arenado and Seeger and Betts because I I think they do uh, if you look at it 2027 they
1: always do all yeah. teams do they just don't want to pay the the tax and
0: 2027 is not that far away when you think of contracts compared to like mookies which is 12 more years so it's like they could take the hit on the luxury for a couple years a year or two and then you just I don't know I don't know you gotta do what you gotta do Dodgers are in a fantastic position they've got money a lot of teams don't want to spend right now especially not knowing what's going on with fans next season so uh we'll see what happens there but with that said, we do have the rule five draft coming up. It is, I believe it's next month. I think, yeah, next month. I don't even know what month we're in, but never, yeah, we're in November, still November 24th. So do you yeah, I think want, it's like the
1: beginning of December.
0: Yeah, I think it's like December 10th, if I remember correctly, yeah. something like that. But if you want to go over that, cause you've been discussing it a little bit. Um, okay, Yeah. so,
1: <clears throat> all right, so the Dodgers added or slash protected Gerardo Carrillo, Andre Jackson, Edwin Usita, and Zach Rex. Now three of those are pitchers and Zach Rex is obviously the outfielder. The closest one to the majors, however, is Zach Rex, but since he so closely resembles uh, Matt Beatty, and who I figured, um, I figured they would risk losing him, but they decided to add him anyway. Uh, Carrillo and Jackson have played as high as single A Rancho and so they're not really particularly close to the majors. So I felt like there's really no risk in leaving them off. Usita um, had, obviously he's hit the COVID issue. And um, so it was kind of up in the air whether they leave him off or not. I figured they, if they didn't give him a shot, somebody else would, but they ended up uh, adding him to the, um, to the roster and he's been up to double A uh, and he obviously has potential. Um, so I was a little surprised not to see like, Marshall Kosowski and Omar Estevez added um, Kosowski could have helped the bullpen as early as this upcoming season. And uh, Estevez, who was in the 60 man player pool and highly thought of, um, and he didn't seem too far behind. He's already in AAA. But once you dig a little deeper, you can kind of see why they decided to leave him off or risk losing him. Um, Michael Bush is a second base prospect, he plays second and first. Um, and people, I, said, I guess at Arizona Instructs, he was said to be the best hitter there by far, and he could be fast-tracked since he was a college player. He's currently ranked fourth on the Dodgers Top 30 prospect list, top thirty Dodgers prospect list behind Josiah Gray, uh, Kyber Ruiz, and Cody Hosey. Um, and then Jacob Amaya is ranked 10th, and he's in AA, and he's also, also highly thought of. And of course, there's Zach McKinstry, and then again, there's Devin Mann, who's ranked McKinstry is 18 and man's ranked 19 in the Dodgers system. So those are a lot of players ahead of him. Also Alex DeJesus is a middle infield prospect, 18 years old, is ranked just ahead of Estevez. Um, Estevez is ranked 21st. He's the lowest of the middle infield prospects. And with quite a few of them either on the cusp of joining the Dodgers or going to be fast track or pretty close, I could see why Estevez wasn't at it.
0: Yeah, I know there's a lot of question on that, but, uh, There was a ton of people that kept asking why he was not added, but that makes a little bit more sense as to why they did that. Um, Kind of feel like that's what this FO does. There's a lot of people that just don't know, myself included. We never know. We never understand. And then all it takes is one little, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then you understand what uh, Friedman and co are doing. So
1: I wouldn't have known unless you, when you brought up uh, the Rodriguez kid and you you sent me the text message about the article about about him, him, I went to go look to see where he was on the prospect list. And then when I was going down the top 30, I was like, oh, there's a ton of middle infield prospects here. So now I I get the SFS thing.
0: Yeah, so that makes sense there. Um, almost done with the Dodger news. Good news is, well, I guess it depends actually, maybe not good news. I think it's awful news because I love Joe and Oral and hate ESPN, but the Dodgers will open up in Colorado in 2021 on April 1st. And that game will be televised on ESPN. So good news is all the dodger fans can watch it bad news is we're stuck with espn uh for that day so bummer there but now we are going to move on to what i think should be fun the dodgers top five moments of 2020 um this actually came from your dad so shout out to him for always listening and being active and appreciate it <laughs> hey every listen's a listen i don't yeah. i don't i don't care dude if it's a, a family member dad mom doesn't matter point is yeah he's, shout he's out to you pops he's supporting so that's all you can really ask from him um we didn't really discuss how we're going to do this so I'm going to give my I, I went in order I don't know if you did I went from five yeah. to okay I went from five to one so I'm going to give you one I'm going to get five okay I'm going to give you one then you can give me then we'll just go back and forth so for okay. my you don't have to do yours in order mine are for my number five I went with uh I had to go with Mookie Betts three home run game against the Padres when he tied the all-time record uh, for most three homer games in a career, just because I don't know like obviously we knew Mookie was going to be with the Dodgers long term before that moment but like that moment right there like really opened to my eyes like oh my god we're going to have this for 12 more years like this is who Mookie Betts is and just the excitement of watching that whole play kind of that whole night just kind of unravel just kind of like I don't know it made me like really fall in love with Mookie that night and realize like this guy's ours and he's going to be ours for a really long time and it's going to be so much fun to watch
1: Okay, so um, this whole thing is going to be difficult just because all five moments could easily be from the playoffs. But I'm going to try to mix regular season and playoffs as best as possible. Um, And again, they're not going to be in any order. So uh, Lux is three-run home run in Arizona and extra innings, um, just because it was a huge hit. And I feel like that game he really showed why he's a top prospect and. He just needs to have more confidence in himself because I feel like he loses it pretty quickly. And uh, once he does that, I think you guys will see why he was rated so highly.
0: See, and then you say no playoffs. My next four are the playoffs. Uh, So my number four is Bellinger robbing Tatis of that home run in NLDS game two. Uh, The Padres would have taken a five to four lead in the seventh inning. Um, So that was huge in my opinion to kind of keep the momentum going in the Dodgers favor and to not let the Padres tie the series up. I feel like we're going to
1: have a lot of similar ones because I also have that one on there. We probably will. Um, so you
0: can go to your next one then.
1: Okay. So it- um, I think you told me this was we'll, – we'll get into it later, but you told me this is player of the year, and mine was uh, Mookie out Alcatel Marte at third base. I feel like everything about that play, he just did perfectly. The way he rounded the ball, he gathered, he threw a strong throw to third base, and he got Marte pretty easily.
0: Yeah, I love that play. Um starting December 1st, I'm working on season review articles for everyone and I did one on Mookie and that plays in there and I added the video of that play cuz I can't get over that play and like you said, I mean it's the next thing on the uh whatever that we we're going to talk about, so we'll just mention it now, but Mookie actually won play of the year for that play. Uh MLB did top 100 plays and Mookie took home number 1 with that uh throw to get Cattell Marte out at third so that was insane uh my number three which could obviously go much higher but my number three is Mookie robbing Freddie Freeman of a home run in game seven uh Braves they were already ahead however they would have extended their lead to two at that point uh so I mean game seven who knows what could have happened? Dodgers might not have come back and won that game uh they did end up winning four to three so Mookie robbing that home run ended up being major in that game and that was just also crazy as hell to watch that little dude get up there and rob that home run he is little
1: oh so my next one is um Betts scoring from third in game six despite the drawing in infield i just feel like his quick reflexes and his ability to hit top speed pretty quickly like i know we mentioned earlier how his top speed and pollock's top speed are the same the difference is it takes Pollock a minute to get to that top speed where Mookie can, can get there pretty fast. Um, and I just think his high IQ and his ability to to read things quickly, and his reflexes really help in, in those situations and really help there.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you there. It's huge, his baseball IQ. And it's just like you said, with the whole Pollock thing, like they run the same speed, but... but what people have to understand is running bases isn't all about speed. It's the reaction of the ball being hit off the bat. It's how, how you cut the bases, knowing how to read the ball where it's hit and Mookie just seems to do all of that perfectly. Uh, my number two was when Bellinger hit the home run in game seven of NLCS, he gave the Dodgers a four to three lead in the seventh. And then as we all know, Dodgers go on to, on to win four to three, go on to the world series. So that was a big moment for me. Uh, it kind of felt like, I feel like at that point it was locked in. Like we might actually do this after being down three to one. So that moment was uh three to one in the series, not the game, but that's why that moment was so big for me.
1: Uh, So my last one, probably not significant to anybody else, but bets hitting the homer in the bottom of the eighth in game six, the Dodgers already had a two one lead and obviously Urias kind of shut it down. But when he hit that home run, I felt, holy shit, they're really going to win this. My emotions were all over the place. Uh, my eyes got a little teary. Um, it, Again, it might be inconsequential, but that home run kind of, to me, solidified. The Dodgers are really about to win the World Series
0: finally. It's hilarious that you think that's inconsequential because that's literally my number one. Um <laughs> Because for me, it was the same thing. It wasn't even that they needed the run. Granted, a two-to-one lead is terrifying and three-to-one feels totally different. But it was the yell that he let out, rounding base, rounding first. It was the bottom of the eighth. So the Dodgers only needed three more outs to win the World Series. And it was that moment right there when he hit that home run and he let out that yell, rounding first base. Like, First of all, it's just a dope as hell picture. I have it on a magazine that I got from... It's not the LA Times. I'm totally blanking. Oh, Sports Illustrated and it's a picture of him yelling rounding first base and it just for me same thing it was that moment right there that I knew in my mind the Dodgers were going to win the World Series and so that's a moment that'll probably stick with me forever cuz that felt like our solidifying moment right then and there. Um yeah. so yeah, I I'm surprised we didn't end up with more but I'm kind of glad we didn't. Um so that worked out there. Oh, uh, a lot, lot of
1: yours were going to end up on mine, but I yeah. just I don't
0: know. It figured.
1: To be honest, Betts was just going to be all five of mine, but I, I didn't want to be too biased, so I threw in some other biases with Lux and Bellinger.
0: I tried. I tried. I'm like, I don't want to make this all about Betts, but I'm like, he did a lot of cool shit this year. But then I was like, but I also don't want us to have the same five. And there was there was some. But it's like all those playoff moments when I think about the Dodgers, and I like I showed you the video I worked on for Mookie, like. I've been going back and watching highlights from all the different players. And it just blows my mind, everything that played out in some of those playoff games that if it did not work out exactly how it did, we would not have won. And so those little things like Bellinger hitting that home run, Mookie hitting or running home from third on that ground ball where the infield was in, like every single thing led up to what they did. And without it, God knows.
1: my, My list is full of biases, but if I was putting my bias aside, one of the top plays for me was uh, actually Kike's home run in Game Seven of the NLCS to tie the game.
0: Yeah, that was um, huge I think
1: that was a huge momentum shift, and I give Kike a lot of shit, and he proved me wrong. It was—I mean, I mean—he proved me wrong because he's still not great, but he comes up with timely hits, especially in the NLCS. It seems like so that was definitely one of the top moments for me, though.
0: Yeah, I had a few moments that I feel like could get honorable mentions like of course will smith off will smith that was dope and then you had um bueller bueller with the bases loaded shutting things down then you have Urias coming in in game seven and just completely dominating like there were there were moments i mean kershaw had his big moment in the playoff like in the world series where he looked really good so it's just like most of the guys on the team most of them not all of them but a lot of them had moments where you could look back and be like holy shit without that one hit or that one play or that one inning from whatever pitcher like we may not be uh where we are which is world series champions which still feels weird to say but hey I love it um with that said a big piece of that success was Victor Gonzalez so just want to say a big congratulations to him and his wife Carolina um on their recent wedding they just got married in mexico last weekend um so the biggest thing that stuck out to me though was really cool she gave him a painting of his father uh in a dodger jersey so in victor's 81 the, the jersey he wears during the games and it's legit like it looks realistic but the cool part about it i, I guess I should say the part that makes it so special is his dad actually passed away a few years ago so she got him painted or she got his dad painted in his Dodger uniform and gave it to him as a wedding gift so I thought that was super cool um Uh,
1: Victor Gonzalez is the one that was kind of thinking about stop playing baseball right yeah
0: yeah, his family pretty much okay. said, like, no, go back and do it. And they actually showed video of his family when they won the World Series. And it was, like, insane. Like, they they all had their masks on, but they were all together outdoors at, a like, at someone's house in the backyard. They all had their masks on. They were all recording each other, all celebrating, crying, everything. So it was really cool to see. Uh, I felt really bad for a lot of the the players whose family don't live in the U.S. because there was no way for them to get here, especially someone like Victor Gonzalez to make his MLB debut. Um, I'm assuming his dad was a big part of his past in baseball. So obviously him not having that chance to his family come see him, make his rookie, rookie debut and then kick ass in the playoffs. Like I, I felt that same thing with Urias, like his family, a lot of family. Um, I think same thing with Gratterall they couldn't be there it sucks especially the rookie guys or the younger guys who got their big moment but uh yeah just wanted to say congratulations to them and I thought that present was super dope so I wanted to bring that up um that's really it with the Dodgers we don't have much to go over MLB wise just a couple quick notes uh Charlie Morton he was one of the he's obviously not the top free agent pitcher but he was someone a lot of people were talking about uh the Rays did not want to keep him uh so they let him go and said no to his 15 i don't know if it was an option i'm assuming it was an option uh i think he's been around long enough that it was not a anything else but a non-tender anything like that but i don't think they wanted to option him so he went and got that same amount of money with the Braves. so he's on a one-year deal 15 million uh with the Braves. so we will be seeing a little bit more of him although we did really well against him in the world series didn't we yeah they did yeah yeah, so,
1: uh, struggled a little bit against him in 2017. Did better in 2020 as one start, but he's still a good pitcher. So it's it's good for the Braves. It's a solid move that'll help that rotation, especially when they get like uh, Soroka back. Yeah, Was somebody else injured.
0: No, but they had no, Soroka? they had yeah Soroka, yeah. but they'll have freed Soroka now. Morton so um they had Anderson yeah they'll be pretty good um so we'll see we'll be granted we don't know what's going to happen in 2021 with COVID I kind of feel like MLB is going to say F it at that point they didn't seem to care anyway so I have a feeling we will be seeing the Braves during the regular season next year no matter what happens uh with with COVID so might be seeing more of Charlie Morton next year um (laughs) I don't, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not funny. It is, but it's not Uh, Robinson Cano tested positive again for PEDs. I just, I I don't know. I don't know how, once you get caught, once you get caught again, like they all want to claim that they had no idea. I don't know. I I do believe it a little bit that maybe some of these players don't know exactly what they're taking, but when you've been caught once, I kind of feel like maybe you should take more precaution the next time around, Uh, especially when you just got caught two years ago and had to miss 81 games uh, so he'll be out for the entire 2021 season. So there's our first big PED hit of 2021. He's forfeiting 24 million dollars in salary. However, um, this does not matter to the Dodgers, but it matters to baseball in the National League, especially with the money this team is going to have. But this could actually be a major break for the Mets, having Robinson Cano and his 24 million dollar salary pretty much nix next year. A lot of people with that happening are now wondering if the Mets go and try and make a move for Lemayhu. So whether or not this will be good for the Mets. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, their new owner, Steve Cohen, has a ton of money and has said he plans on spending it. So the Mets- yeah, I've, I've heard
1: rumors about LeMahieu trading for Lindor or Arenado. Signing, Um, So it, yeah. it, it could be a good thing for the Mets. Uh, as far as the Cano news goes, um, I'm kind of the person, who, I don't care too much about PEDs, to be honest. Um, I know it sounds bad, but it, it's just, doesn't matter to me that much. Uh, baseball was like so much fun when the majority of the league was on it in the '90s. Uh, so, if everybody get back on it and just go have 80 home run seasons, I, I would enjoy that.
0: I know there's a lot of people that that feel the same way as you. Um, I weirdly enough. I was well. I wasn't watching. My boyfriend was watching Trevor ba- Trevor Bower's bl- uh, vlog last night on YouTube, and I was watching it because I was in the room and he was actually wearing a t-shirt it was a pink t-shirt with white wording that said steroids saved baseball so I don't I don't think there's too many people that would argue with that I don't like it because it is illegal I don't care if guys were to use it if everybody was allowed to use it right now because it is illegal it pisses me off because you do have the unfair advantages I know there are people that are going to want to complain especially since I brought up Trevor Bauer everyone talks about pine tar I do not give one I don't give one shit about pine tar. Every single pitcher in baseball uses it. They kind of need to, when you look at the seams on the ball, they're almost impossible to grip nowadays because they're so tight on the baseball. Um, I've also heard there's plenty of batters that want the pitchers to use pine tar because nobody wants a 98 mile per hour fastball slipping out of a pitcher's hand and coming at their head. So um, I don't have an issue with the whole pine tar thing. PEDs I would get over if it wasn't illegal with it being illegal. um, They've got to do what they've got to do. I, I know a lot of people like it want to see the want to see baseball but until they actually allow them to do it um uh, yeah they're gonna have to keep doing what they're doing a couple other things not that it pertains to the Dodgers but it is interesting around the baseball world uh Blake Snell is on the trading block my assumption is a lot of that comes after what happened with cash otherwise I'm not sure why you would trade Blake Snell with three more years left on his contract when he's not even that expensive um
1: well, you know, the Rays and Marlins like to do the same thing. They get to the, the World Series and um, they start selling off their players trying to replenish the farm system, even though they have already have a good farm system. So it's just one of those things those, those small, small market teams like to do. I, I don't get it, but I wouldn't complain as Blake snails to Dodger either.
0: It seems like teams like the Marlins and Rays are basically just trying to appease their fan base and say, Hey, we made it to the world series. We did what you wanted us to do. So now we're going to go and trade Blake Snell. I do think a lot of that probably has to do with what happened with Kevin cash. However, I I don't know if I would be trading Blake Snell over. uh, I know you're not going to trade Kevin cash, but I don't know if I'm keeping a manager who makes a decision like that over uh, a pitcher like Blake Snell. Again, I, there's some people who don't care for Blake Snell, I think it's very intriguing. I think it's interesting. I don't know if the Dodgers would actually do anything with it. I don't think they would care about Sonny Gray. However, these are all things that will change the landscape. of. Oh, the Sonny Gray's game. on
1: though? Yeah. Sonny Gray's on the market?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. He is as well. Um, one name I oh, brought up.
1: Your, your best
0: friend, Carlos Correa, is on there too. I saw. That's funny. I don't know who in the hell would actively trade. I feel like Bregman Altuve and Correa are the hardest guys that are going to want that are any other team is going to want to play because I feel like those three were the handled at the worst out of anyone like Springer he was a part of it he cheated but he kept his mouth shut so he might be all right uh going to another team but man Correa around ran his mouth Altuve lied non-stop and Bregman just is a, seems like a douchebag all the time so
1: as another team trying to trade for him how do you sell that to your clubhouse
0: yeah I I don't feel like
1: that's just going to be terrible decision
0: the only way you sell that is if you're a team that had absolutely no chance it in the playoffs and that you barely face the Astros so you didn't have to deal with them like that's why I feel like the Tigers got away with hiring Hinch as their manager like it would not have affected Detroit fans they want to win and they see Hinch as a winning manager so for them it's like screw it this is the manager who didn't get that much blame and then you go to the Red Sox they're obviously comfortable with bringing back Cora because he already played there afterwards won them a world series was part of the cheating scandal but knows their fan base loves him so they don't care but I don't know how you convince your clubhouse that hey we're gonna trade for this guy who basically said I don't give a fuck about anything except for hey we won deal with it is basically what he told all of baseball and fans and everybody else, and even basically Cody Bellinger when he told him to not talk unless he knew the facts. So, um, yeah, that that one's interesting. Um,
1: and the the thing is, I might catch some flack for this, but I still think he's a good player. It's just, His personality is just, so I, you, I don't know how you how you sell that.
0: I'm on the same side as you. I refuse to ever discredit a player's ability due to their personality because I don't like I nothing frustrated me more than when Dodger fans would come and go wow Madison Bumgarner's trash just because they didn't like him like I'm not I don't and yes the last couple years he was trash but when he was good you would have Dodger fans come out and say oh Madison Bumgarner sucks like no he doesn't he's just really good and we don't like him because he's a dickhead that's fine but it doesn't mean he's not good so I'll give it to Correa i'll give it to bregman they're good players but hey fuck them i don't care i don't want them on my team i don't want them anywhere near us i don't even want them in the national league because i don't want to face them they're not going to throw at them which is fine i'm over it we got our revenge the
1: Giants are going to chase for correa
0: yeah oh god that's talk about making someone hate him even more but i don't even know if correa, yeah who knows who knows what happens there all i know is he won't end up in la so i'm not too worried about it um I don't even know where he would go. I don't know what teams are looking for what. Um, I think it's pretty crazy that they would trade him because I doubt they're going to get Springer back. So I don't really know what they're going to do at that point. But maybe they're just
1: going to try to start over.
0: Hey, I'm just glad that's not my shit organization that I don't have to own it. So, um, but yeah, with that said, I didn't have anything else to touch on this week. Did you? Uh, no. All right. So with that said, as always, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, leaving ratings, leaving reviews, subscribing, sharing it with your family, friends, everything. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want us to discuss about. Um, We've still got a while in this off season. Hopefully next month we don't have winter meetings in person, but hopefully virtually will give us something to talk about a little bit more. And the rule five draft in, I think the non-tender deadline should be a little bit of fun as well. So as always, we appreciate you guys. Um,
1: oh, that's right. So the World Five Draft is always the last day of the winter meetings.
0: That's right. Okay. So that. then it's like it's like December tenth through the twelfth, eleventh, something like that. Whatever the dates line up, it's like the second week of December. So um, okay, 10th. yeah, December tenth. So there we go with that. We're all good to go there. Remember, you can find us on social at Dodger Yard. Uh, you can find me at Randy underscore Radcliffe,
1: and you can find me at Michael Conan.
0: And we will catch you guys next week. So thank you guys. And yeah, see you next week. Bye, guys.
1: See you later, guys.